We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast thursday august 19th 2021 getting so much closer to the birthdays of hadley christensen and blake westendorf but that is not why you came to this show hadley will be turning three in less than a month blake turning two you came here to listen and learn more about my Green Bay Packers, your Green Bay Packers, and our Green Bay Packers facing off against the New York Jets this week and having some joint practices with the team now, which Aaron Rodgers evidently somewhat approves of now, at least told to approve of them by the communications director before he comes into the press conference. I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf and joined as always by the fascinatingly mediocre Jimmy Christensen, Jimmy in the leopard print. Welcome to yeah. the show. This is this is back to normal now. Last week you said great and just threw me off for the whole show. I did not like it, so I'm glad <laughs> to drunk. be back to yeah. <laughs> he was under the influence. I'm glad to be back to mediocre. It makes me feel better. Yeah, under the influence of several substances. It was like beer goggles, you know. Makes you better than I really think you are. That's beside the point. Someone who needs no introduction, of course, in the tie dye. The one who keeps us in line, Mrs. Claus, to our jingle and jangle. If you want a Christmas in August reference, Maggie J. Loney. And I learned what the J stood for last night. But again, as even though she said she was named after her favorite person, I am not going to spoil that for you. But Maggie, welcome back. Thanks. I wore my tie dye for Jimmy. And if we're going to talk about middle names, literally nobody on the planet has a better middle name than Todd Barney. I learned what that was last night and I was very excited about it. Colonel. <laughs> no, Close. it's Arnie. It's Arnie. It's Arnie. We call him Colonel Arnie. Wow. Um, yeah. Shout out to Todd Varney as we spoke with him actually before the show here. And, you know, nobody loves Todd quite like Todd does. So I'm not going to say anything nice about him because that would be par for the course here. We're going to talk a little bit about some Packer stuff yesterday. Uh, some small news, big news, depends on how you look at it, I guess. The Packers trade Joshua Jackson for Isaac Yadam. Uh, Matt LaFleur called him a big physical corner, expected him to practice today, and he did. He's probably going to be out there tomorrow then. If he was out there today, that would just make sense to me. But a swap 
player for player trade, player not working out here versus player not working out there. Josh Jackson clearly played himself outside of the cornerback room with his, I don't have a better way to say this, a dismal performance against the Houston Texans. And you can't put too much stock in a preseason game, but it is hard to look worse than Jackson did on Saturday night. And I, I mean, I'm trying not to be disrespectful and it pains me to say that because Jackson was one of my favorite draft prospects in that class. We've talked about that over and over again, but clearly somebody that had been surpassed by the others. So the Packers now take a flyer on a guy who was taken in the third round, same draft class as Jackson and Jair Alexander, someone a little bigger, maybe more prone to be able to contribute on special teams. I don't want to spend too much time on this because it is a day old. It's older news, but I need to get your guys' reaction on it. Just real quick, Maggie, your thoughts on the trade and what it could mean for the cornerback group. I mean, I think it's a tough kind of room to crack already. It feels like there's five locks on the roster with Jair, Kevin King, um, Eric Stokes, Shamar John Charles, and then Chandon Sullivan had kind of earned that star nickel role already. Um, So those five are pretty much locked up. I really think KB Nanto is pretty much as close to a roster lock as you can be at this point. So that would be six. And I guess the question then becomes, do you keep a seventh? Um, So I think if Isaac Yadam comes in and he can, you know, fill kind of that role on special teams that Josh Jackson had, uh, then maybe they do keep seven and he's a name to keep an eye on because I do think that Josh Jackson, as much as he did struggle in the preseason, when I was at training camp last week, um, he was one of the guys that was always like in the right place at the right time on special teams. And he was somebody that Maury Strayton seemed to really like. So I think special teams is going to be a huge part for that kind of last couple corner spots. That it will be Jimmy. Anything to add? I think one of the things that kind of led to this isn't with the new guy coming in, but one of the things that really stood out with Josh Jackson this last game uh, with him and the Packers, like, I don't know, we saw with Devin Funches where he just looked like a seasoned vet going against some of those young, those players in preseason where Josh Jackson looked like that would have been his first game for the Packers. Like it was just night and day where you saw there's levels to this, like as you're a veteran and you progress, like we just didn't see that in Jackson. So hopefully with um, yet him coming in, I think his spot, just like Maggie said, is going to be special teams. Like it's it's just a flyer now at this point. Maybe he can come in, change the scenery. Like the Giants are hoping with Josh Jackson, hoping he comes into a new place, new system, performs well. This guy's a third round pick. Hopefully he comes in, kind of lives up to that pick a little bit. Maybe he can start working his way up. But I think it's really just hopefully we can turn around a special teams unit that did not look uh, very good on Saturday. No, and probably the most disappointing part of. Saturday night is listen we know when they don't play 30 guys the offense and the defense are going to look how they look that's just going to be what it is they're not playing guys in the preseason that appears to be the philosophy of Matt LaFleur as we continue to roll through his soon-to-be Hall of Fame coaching career here in (laughs) Wisconsin but if you look at the special teams those are the guys that are trying to crack the roster those are the starters quote-unquote Mm -hmm. on special teams that are playing in those spots. And the coverage units didn't look all that different. The long snapper nearly bounced one to the since-released punter, Ryan Winslow. And now, I don't know, it's really uh, last year the only saving grace that the Packers special teams unit had was Mason Crosby, and it looks the same with Kylan Hill. Nothing spectacular on kickoff return. Didn't have a whole lot of room to roam. And Amari Rodgers frankly struggled 
and had some issues with, well, one, he fumbled and had some issues with, you know, fair catching and all that stuff. Could be first game jitters, but you're definitely looking for an improvement there. The other piece of news that is dropping this morning as you guys listen here is the Packers are getting a third jersey that is dropping at 8 o'clock this morning. And I just want to know your guys' excitement level, what you think it'll look like. Do you even care at all? Jimmy, I'll start with you. Yeah, I um, I love alternate jerseys like that's one thing i think the nba has right is that they like every team granted they have to play 82 games so they get to use it a lot more but they always like the bucks just unveiled their their blue ones this last season the year before they had those the yellow ones like every year they're coming out with new things and i just i would love if the packers had one even if it was a thing the nfl did just every year there's a different alternative for certain teams um, or just more frequency in switching up jerseys, but that's just a weird preference I have. I like the kind of uh, the weird ones that kind of that that pop up. Um, and obviously, for my leopard print today and the tie dye I usually fashion, I like the very flashy ones. I don't expect that from the Packers, but I just like to see a variety in uh, in what in what they're going to wear next season. So I'm I'm really excited for it. Um, they said it pays homage to a different to an old jersey, so I'm excited to see what kind of new new school they put on to an old school jersey maggie any interest level here at all what are your thoughts on on the third jersey oh yeah i always buy the third jersey i had the one with the big yellow circle in the middle i had the one with the yellow shoulder yokes um and i like i, I i'm like jimmy i love the old school jerseys i like the bumblebees that the steelers have yeah. i like the creamsicles for the buccaneers um, I like the old when the Broncos wear their old helmets with the horse logo because that logo is incredible. Um, I just wish that the NFL would let teams wear their throwbacks like at the same time. Like it'd be cool to get an era game or like Super Bowl matchups if they're ever in the same season. Um, or, you know, two teams are playing that played in a Super Bowl, have both teams wear their throwback jerseys from whatever era the Super Bowl was in. So. Yeah, I love throwback jerseys, and I will absolutely be buying whatever this new jersey is, even if people hate it. I was already telling my wife, I was like, hey, just so you know, you're going to see $100 plus come out of our bank account <laughs> in the next couple of days, just a heads up. <laughs> well, I look forward to that, Jimmy. I hope you survive that encounter. Uh, I know how that can be, certainly, but I'm excited. You know, the, the Acme stuff, when initially it came out, I didn't like it, and then it kind of grew on me. As we went along, the only one that I really didn't like was the blue jersey with the circle numbers because I couldn't tell who the hell anybody was when they did that. But I did end up liking it. The the blue and gold ended up being colors in my wedding. So I had actually got to wear a blue Packers hat during my wedding. That was part of my touch to it, if you will. Uh, I thought that was fun, but I'm excited to see it. And I've never purchased a throwback jersey. So if I like it, Jimmy, I may be with you in purchasing uh, a $100 jersey tomorrow. It just would be a matter of who it would be. And let's go there because that's fun because jerseys are fun, right? That's a fun topic to discuss. I love talking about those things. Jimmy, if you were going to buy a throwback jersey, whose would it be right now? Well, who do you have currently? And then who would you purchase? Yeah, I have really bad luck with when I buy jerseys. They tend not to be on the team anymore. Um, so I have like Jamal, I had uh, Mike Daniels, Cobb, but he's back. Uh, I got Devontae behind me, Chris Barnes. Um, I don't know. That's a great question. I would probably do – I want a David Bakhtiari jersey to match Hadley. So I think I'd go, I'd go David Bakhtiari. 
Bakhtiari. Okay, Maggie, you are a bit of an aficionado here, too. And you are, uh, I don't want to say bold with your jersey choices, but I know like last year you had an A.J. Dillon jersey before he even had a carry. So who would your throwback jersey purchase be? So I like to pick jerseys to commemorate seasons. And um, like a couple of years ago when Jordy Nelson tore his ACL, I literally bought a Jordy Nelson jersey to remember the 2018 was it 2018 2017 whatever season that was i think it was 2018 2015 2015 jesus yeah God. i was yeah. in china they all I blur together at some point <laughs> but yeah so i bought a jersey that season to commemorate the season without him like as weird as that sounds um so yeah i have like a geronimo ellison jersey richard rogers um nick perry Demarius Randall, but Demarius Randall was because we were getting married on the 23rd and Mark and I each got a 23 Jersey. So he has a Joe Hayden Browns Jersey and that, you know, didn't really age too well either, but um, I don't know. I keep thinking about who it would be from this year and if it would be like Randall Cobb coming back on a one-year contract, or if it would be maybe somebody that we're hoping the Packers lock up long-term throughout the season, like a Devante or a Jair. So I don't know, TBD. TBD is a good answer. It's good enough for me. Jimmy, David Bakhtiari was one that crossed my mind. Uh, He's around. He's going to be around for a while. I think that that's somebody that's a pretty good player. Eric Stokes could be an answer if he's Mm -hmm. like, if Stokes is good at all, we're all going to fall in love with him very quickly just because of what the cornerback situation has been across from Jair Alexander. But I'm also a fan of pass rushers. So Z, Rashawn Gary. I don't know. Something like that could certainly be in the mix there as well. If I like the jersey, that's another another key component. I feel like you have to go Rashawn Gary. If you say he's your son, you have have to. I already have a Gary jersey, so I do know that. Somebody really cool bought me one. (laughs) I I have one, but yeah, I mean, I like. I'm not opposed to having two jerseys of different colors. I have two Zedarius Smith jerseys, for example, one green, one white. I have two Bart Starr jerseys, one green, one white, et cetera, et cetera. But I spent way too much money on jerseys over the years, I think is what you guys have probably just gathered based on <laughs> what I've said here. That, and it's fine. You know, what the hell? I mean, while I'm while I'm able to do that until Blake wants to do whatever it is that she wants to do that costs thousands of dollars. Horseback riding. Horseback riding, which I know is not cheap. <laughs> so thank you, Maggie, for cursing me. With that, I look forward to seeing that tomorrow, though. Like I said, the other stuff grew on me. There are some pictures that are circulating now over Twitter that look like the Packers are uh, potentially having slipped or leaked those jerseys. But until it's official, I'm not going to tell you what they look like. But now Jimmy's eyes have gotten really big, so he's going to be looking and not paying attention for the remainder of the show. Somebody that will be paying attention throughout this is Aaron Rodgers. He spoke to the media today and Aaron Rodgers press conferences have kind of become must see television. Uh, His Shakespearean monologue. I saw somebody word it that way. The first time he came through, obviously had some stuff to it. And Rodgers pressers are always interesting because he is very thoughtful with the things he says. He doesn't say anything without thinking it all the way through. And it's very genuine when he speaks. And I think it's something that's become even more the case since doing Tuesdays with Pat McAfee is just just those words that come out. And, you know, you never know. He's not going to be here forever. And, you know, you want to appreciate some of those things and just kind of get to know him a little bit more as you can throughout this process. But Aaron Rodgers spoke today and basically said, you know, he's going to savor this moment. He doesn't want a farewell tour. Some people took that to mean like, oh, he's coming back. He wants to come back. I took that to mean like 
he doesn't want the the Derek Jeter farewell tour is what kind of everybody has in mind. Where like he was going to stadiums yeah. for the last time and people were giving him gifts and blah blah blah. I don't think he wants that. Uh, but I was interested to hear some of the things he had to say. And Maggie, there was one thing in particular that caught your ear very openly. Yeah, and I think it was just kind of the the use of tight ends. And somebody had asked him, you know, what does the personnel look like? You know, we always talk about weapons and, you know, does Aaron Rodgers have enough weapons? And we know kind of the way that the wide receiver battle's shaking out. Rodgers had mentioned that himself, that you've got five what feel like roster locks. Um, and then you could maybe add like a Funchess is six. So then what does that do to the tight ends, to the running backs? How do the numbers shake out there? And tight end was really interesting because – we all know that Matt LaFleur has an absolute affinity for tight ends. He likes to use them in a number of ways. And Aaron Rodgers talked about that. He said, you know, traditionally you'd want some tight ends to play special teams. Uh, Matt LaFleur would want to keep tight ends for 12 personnel. Um, and then given kind of what we'd heard um, tight ends coach say a couple days ago about a guy like Jay Sternberger, maybe having an up and down camp and not being as uh, stable or progressing as much as we'd want to see from a tight end in year three of the system. It's just really interesting. You know, Isaac Notto was somebody that was getting looks and then he ended up on IR. Bronson Kafusi is a name that Aaron Rodgers pointed out really liking. And he was like the very bottom of the depth chart. I think seven of seven until Daniel Crawford came. But yeah, just, I don't know. I, I just thought it was really interesting to hear him talk specifically about the tight end room and that Matt LaFleur traditionally would probably want to keep five if he could. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I was too. And the reason being, I talked about this with Maggie on the Pick 6 podcast last night. And I didn't plan it to where she was going to, this was going to happen at some point anyways, where we record on back-to-back days. But I, Jay Sternberger is my best friend. I don't know if he, (laughs) I don't, I don't know if he knows that or not, but no, I'm, I'm joking obviously, but Jace is somebody that I was very high on coming out of that draft class. And I really do believe in his potential in this offense. And I said to Maggie last night, you know, we're only a year 
removed from Brian Gutekunst saying, we view this guy as a matchup problem in our offense. Somebody that everybody thought was going to be the breakout player last season, and it just didn't happen. And hearing Rodgers talk about, you know, the tight ends and how many they might keep versus how many they might not and, and some of that stuff, it was just relaxing for me to hear that they might keep four or five guys. And he did mention Jace by name because as soon as he started talking about the tight ends, that's when I was like, oh, is he going to leave him out? He didn't talked about him at least a little bit talked about Deguara, Tunyon and Mercedes obviously in that group as well but the tight end group is still something I think that is after yesterday I wasn't sure how set it was and Maggie kind of talked me into thinking that it wasn't set at all and then now after hearing Rogers talk today I, I do still think they end up with those guys that we've we've kind of all thought was going to make the roster to begin with but Jimmy what were your thoughts on Rogers talking specifically about those tight ends yeah, I think you guys mentioned it. The biggest one was Jace came into this year that, and I've even said it to you before, Jacob, that I didn't know, like, if other people stood out, if he would make the team or if they would just say, kind of like a Josh Jackson where he just needs a change of change of scenery. But this really, the, his first two years with the team, it's not like they were both healthy years that he just didn't do well. Like, his first season was plagued with injuries. Last year, injuries, sickness. Like, there's things that kind of cause that. So maybe they're just waiting for a healthy year from him. But looking at the group of who would be players that would be beneficial to have on the special teams unit, I feel like Josiah DeGuara is one that will literally do anything you need him to. I feel like he's someone that is capable of that. I don't know if they want him to do that, but Daphne would be someone. But uh, I know we talked about it in text, but do you guys see Jay Sternberger being someone that they put out on special teams? Like, is that a capability of him having? Because that's going to be something that they need from players right now. Yeah, and I think that's something they're going to have to do, right? I mean, Daphne, it sounds like they they kind of gushed about him a little bit in terms. Andy Herman really talked about his ability on special teams today. Yeah. And Jace is another one of those guys. DeGuara, obviously. I think the only tight ends that aren't going to be having to contribute potentially on specials are Big Bob Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis. Like, yeah, let's not there. make him do that. No. No, he's there to maul people at the line of scrimmage and, and catch a couple of passes in the red zone. But that's, that's about it. Uh, I think that the rest – you know, you've got you've got everything else figured out uh, that way as far as getting those guys down the field. So Rogers Presser, always interesting. Like I said, he's going to talk after pretty much every game this year, and we'll see how those go. It's never going to lack for drama. I know that much, and it feels like you know every presser we're going to get some kind of question about his future after wins. Does this make you feel more inclined to staying? After they trade for Odell Beckham at the trade deadline, I'm sure they'll ask him about that as well. Never, ever, ever, Brian Gutekunst, if you're listening, never do that, please and thank you. But that's beside the point. Um, the press conferences are just going to be interesting. That's that's how it is. You know, Rogers' knee availability is is going to be must see TV all year, and you're going to find a bunch of clips from it. And I'm sure the national media is not going to dissect something that he says that could potentially be taken one way or another <laughs> after they lose a game or something like that one thing that's going to be taken away or two is whether or not jordan love is able to play this week and jordan love did not practice today he has not practiced since getting quote dinged on his shoulder and i'm using matt lafleur's words this is a big deal to me because the packers future hangs in the balance so to speak with jordan love and he's only gonna in a perfect world he's only gonna play three games this season the three preseason games maybe a fourth if they've got everything locked up for that season finale against detroit and he's coming in as a his first career start for some quote-unquote mop-up duty in a glorified preseason game. But the Packers, they need this guy to play because they need to see what he's got. And he did some nice things. Uh, he 
did some other things that weren't so good. You know, I think you see Twitter's awesome and I love it, but there's so many people that want to resort to, Oh, he played great. You can tell he's going to be the future of the franchise. And there are other people like, dude, he sucked. Look at his first couple drive, blah, blah, blah. And the answer's somewhere in the middle. He led one touchdown drive. Some things looked really nice there. There were some process things that looked really nice. The other reality is the competition level is not very high. And there were some down moments as well. There's going to be those. He's a young developing quarterback, but he hasn't practiced this week. And if he doesn't practice today against the Jets, there's a question as to whether or not he's going to be able to play. Matt LaFleur said they're not going to put him in a position to make his shoulder injury worse. So, Maggie, how big of a deal is it if he doesn't practice and or play this week against the New York Jets? I guess to me, it's not necessarily a big deal if he sits out one game. I mean, of course, you'd like to see it and you want to know uh, what he has. But I think we got a good glimpse into what uh, maybe his skill level is and where his comfort is in the offense week one against the Texans. And you still have the Buffalo Bills game. And we'll assuming, you know, he's healthy by then, you would think that if he's ready to play and especially if he sits out against the Jets that, you know, he's going to get pretty much the entire game, at least three full quarters of action there. But I don't know. I, I, st- I still think he plays on Saturday. Maybe he doesn't necessarily start. Maybe they want to give him some time or he only plays a couple series um, to stay loose. But yeah, I, I think at this point he plays and I think that it is more a testament to him and his like toughness that we talk about um, and wanting to get out there and prove who he is and what he can do. Um, so yeah, I think he plays Saturday. Jimmy? Yeah, no, I'm with Maggie. I think this might be a, they know it's much more valuable to see what he can do in an actual game rather than in practice. So I could see this, them just being cautious during practice, letting them get these couple of days to rest. Um, I really think he's going to be, at least, I think he's going to play a half on Saturday. I could be completely wrong. Would not be the first time, won't be the last. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't, it's not that big of a problem if he's missing this game. I really don't think it will be. Uh, if that ends up happening, they, they obviously brought him on. They they like what they have in him, and he's progressing. Last year, he they saw the progression with him last season, and he never took a single snap. This past game was the first time in 605 days of him not playing. So he's still able to progress even if he isn't getting into a preseason game. But uh, it's not the end of the world. Obviously, you'd like to see him there. You want to know what you have with someone you, you spent a first round on, uh, first rounder on, and, you know, maybe – they're just bummed that they can't show the rest of the NFL what they have in him before they trade him for first rounder and keep Rogers for the next 10 years. <laughs> it's one way to look at it. I, I, <laughs> I don't agree just because he needs yeah. to play in order to develop. I think I'm not saying about the Jordan love part, who the quarterback's going to be in 2022. I have no idea. I don't care. I do know. And I'm going to say this again, even though I've said it a million times, the Packers did not make their decision on who the quarterback is going to be on draft night, 2020 for 2022, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you very much. That's the last time we're going to talk about this part, but Jordan love needs to play and needs to play in order to develop. And the Packers, until you see him out there, they even said, you just don't know what you have in this guy. And I can't picture a positive scenario where the Packers are essentially going to go in blind to who their quarterback is going to be in 2022. So I think Love needs to play. I think he needs to practice. These are valuable reps and valuable time for him to try and show the team he can be the franchise quarterback in 2022 and beyond. So call it a gentleman and ladies disagreement that we have here. I think that I think Love needs to play, and I certainly think it's important that he finds his way 
onto the field this week and next week, obviously, as they head out to Buffalo to play on the road and take on the Bills. So with how with how the Packers are though, with a lot of the injuries, like don't you expect them to have this like they'd rather have him play Saturday in an actual game than at a practice, even though it is a joint practice, it's better than, uh, or it's more important than a normal one, I guess, against your own players. But I don't know. I don't think him sitting out today is too much of an issue for him being able to play on Saturday. Oh, then we were, yeah, that part I, I don't think is, is as important. I do think it's important that he plays. I go back and forth on how I feel about whether the joint practice is more important than a preseason game or more competitive because practice is going to be a little weighted, a little bit heavier, I think, in terms of the coaches and stuff like that. But I'm not sure uh, how I feel about that altogether. I think ultimately, I'll say this, if Love misses the entire week, no practice, no game, that is a very bad thing because you've taken one third of his game opportunities, hopefully in a perfect world, away for this season. Speaking of, let's look ahead to Saturday here. The Packers are going to take on the New York Jets at 3.30 at Lambeau Field. It'll be their second of three preseason games. Last week, they took an L to the Houston Texans. Maggie, what are you looking for from this game that maybe you didn't see in last game or something you want to see more of? I mean, I think the easy answer is offensive line play. We talked about it a little bit um, on pick six yesterday, but you know, you have four now starters that'll be competing for two guard spots or two, not starters, but two offensive linemen competing for two guard spots. And then when Elton Jenkins comes back, that's four guys that are potentially now only competing for one spot at right guard. And nobody necessarily looked the part, you know, protecting Jordan Love on Saturday against the Texans. And, you know, I know we're talking about the guard spot at this point, but Yash Nyman at left tackle, you know, was basically the cause of the fumble. So, it's just a lot that needs to be cleaned up, I think, before you can kind of look at who the starters will be. Dennis Kelly, I know, didn't look too great today, and then he ended up getting hurt. Um, so as far as tackle depth is concerned now, that's an element that you have to consider if he can't play, if Yash doesn't look good, and a guy like Cole Van Landen just hasn't had enough snaps. So, yeah, to me, it's offensive line for sure, and kind of seeing how that shakes out as far as who gets looks at left guard and who gets the looks at right guard. James. <laughs> Thank you for calling me James. Um, to kind of piggyback off that, I'm I'm interested to see how this running back competition plays out too. That third running back spot's a huge a huge battle right now. Kylan Hill seems to have the upper hand, but you can't really see what you have in your running backs if the offensive line isn't playing up to par. Uh, unless you have an Adrian Peterson, which not, no offense to them right now, none of them appear to be. Um, you need that offensive line to play well. So hopefully that can get in order and then you can kind of see what running backs are making the right decisions on their cuts, their vision, all of that stuff. So um, that's a battle that I'm, I'm really interested in. And then the, the other obvious one would have to be special teams after a lackluster performance last week against the Texans, just seeing, cause you mentioned Jacob, like those are the starters. A lot of those are the starters for that position. So seeing who's going to step up, who's going to seize their roster spot and time to get on the field. That will be interesting, certainly, I think, as we go through everything, uh, you know, special teams, running backs, offensive line play. I said he was my best friend, so I want to watch my best friend play and and play well. (laughs) You know, I think that that was the the big thing that you could take from the tight end coach talking about him is that Jay Sternberger needs to put together solid days, solid performances day after day after day. And I think this is another opportunity to do that. He had a big play down the field with Jordan Love playing quarterback over the weekend. The Packers – 
biggest highlight, unless you want to call Kylan Hill's touchdown, that's certainly something. The other thing, though, apart from Sternberger that I'd like to see is Amari Rogers. And I think that that mm-hmm. was a guy who the Packer and we do this a lot. And I'm just as guilty of it as everybody else. It's almost like the rookie gets drafted and we pencil him in and assume, okay, here's the finished product that we have right now when he's on the field. So when the Packers traded for Randall Cobb, the first criticism everyone had was, well, what do they need Randall Cobb for? They have Amari Rogers that can do all that stuff. And Amari Rogers struggled last week. And it's kind of been lost in the shuffle, if you will. But he didn't make any plays in the passing game. And he had some gaffes on special teams. And this is somebody that they've at bare minimum this year they've drafted to fix their punt return game or at least stabilize their punt return game and he didn't do that last week so I want to see that get better from week to week that's obviously something that can develop I'm not overly concerned about him or anything like that I'm not going to sit here and tell you that he's a bum and he's a bust and good thing they brought back Cobb because Rodgers is going to stink or something like that but I do want to see something this week that we didn't see last week and frankly you know I like seeing players that have the ball in their hands and I want to see him be able to create some plays and do some of the stuff that he's done. So I look forward to him potentially being able to make a play in open space, just do something to make the life for your quarterback, whether that is Jordan Love or Kurt Banker, just a little bit easier. And I think that's something that I think all of us are kind of looking forward to. I know you guys are looking forward to the rest of our episodes throughout the season. I know you're going to be looking forward to everything else, but we are out of time for today. We're going to be sure to check us out on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. Like, rate, subscribe, wherever you find podcasts. You can find me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf, and I will be in Green Bay, Wisconsin today. So if you're listening and want to come hang out at training camp or the distillery afterwards, be sure to do so. Be happy to come and see you guys and talk football a little bit, talk a little Packers with you guys if you're going to be in the house. So be sure to check us out for the joint practices and everything like that. I'll be hanging out next to Mr. Paul Brettel from the Saturday crew. Jimmy James, where can we find you? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at Jimmy underscore C08. Anything that I do, I'll post on there. Uh, every every Tuesday, if you feel like you want to hear my voice more for some reason, I, am, uh, I do a podcast with Todd and Aaron uh, on brand off topic. You can follow us on Twitter at on brand off topic. And then every Wednesday at Game on Wisconsin, Again, with Todd for some reason and Dan, uh, Lombardi's Bar, 730. Uh, come check us out. And that's about it. The only COVID-free bar in the United States that I might say. Cannot, COVID cannot have an effect on <laughs> Lombardi's Bar. So you guys are open you regardless. Can't. I, I had COVID last year during it, so that's not true. So <laughs> you were lying <laughs> to the fans. Did it close down the bar? No, good point. That's a good point. Then, okay, thank you very much. I appreciate <laughs> your time. Let's have a great rest of our night. And then, of course, you can find America's Sweetheart. Where can we find Maggie Loney? You can find me on Twitter at Maggie J. Loney. I write for Cheesehead TV. I'll be kicking back up to two articles a week pretty soon for the start of the season. Um, and then you can find me with Perry Goldstein doing the Packs with Cheesehead podcast. New episodes typically come out on Thursdays or Fridays during the season. Be sure to check those out Thursdays or Fridays. We are still going to be every Thursday all the way through this regular season. We are just under a month away from Green Bay against New Orleans. The Packers will take on the Saints at the Superdome, and that should be a lot of fun. Aaron Rodgers against Jameis Winston and or Taysom Hill at the Superdome as the Packers look to start 1-0 for the third year in a row under Matt LaFleur. So that should be a lot of fun. Until then, thank you guys for listening. 
listen tomorrow. Make sure you're doing that and every single day to the Pack-A-Day podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.